Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao. J.P. Plant is back in the Berg today. It's Wednesday, so as per usual, he's making sure all of those great podcasts get out. So, gotta love that. uh, Always fun, J.P., to... uh, catch up on all of the things happening on main street preps through those podcasts there's there's a lot going on and uh you can catch them uh right now debuting wednesdays at noon and one thursdays at noon and one uh we've got uh sumner county we've got robertson montgomery dixon cheatham uh davidson williamson all of that uh covered in some part or another in one of these podcasts so go find you something to to get some information on prep sports of the midst day, we got you covered. Yeah, where, wherever you get wherever you get your podcasts, mm-hmm. wherever you pay for your free podcast. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for now for our weekly visit with Heather Williams, WCYB TV, and Heather. Always a, a fantastic uh, opportunity to talk with you because we get to find out a little bit about what's going on in the NASCAR world. And this week, it's another oddity as we're racing on Mother's Day. Yeah, just breaking all the rules, right? All the traditions in the sport, we just throw them all out the window at once. Who needs tradition? (laughs) I mean, I guess it's overrated. I don't know. It's just NASCAR. (laughs) Yeah, just a a sport uh, rooted in tradition and and, uh, doing things – no, I wouldn't say the same way, but uh, similar every year. Yes, it, it is what it is, you know. At this point, <laughs> we've got single lug nuts. We're racing on Easter and, <laughs> and Mother's Day. I, I don't even know what what is this sport becoming. I, next thing you know, we're not even going to drink Budweiser. I, oh, I mean, my it. goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's never going to happen. That's never going to stop. <laughs> Rest assured, that will always be there right now. Speaking of single lug nuts, I thought we had this problem uh, at least somewhat curbed until the Monster Mile took care of some lug nuts and some tires went flying and some folks are getting suspended. So maybe they have not quite figured out the single lug nuts. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. You know, there's two sides to the story. It's kind of funny because if you were watching the uh, FS1 broadcast of the race, they were bragging on the 11 crew and how lightning quick their, their pit stops have been and how they were creeping towards that 10 second mark. And then boom, a slug nut flies hmm. off and the tire flies off during a pit stop. And I don't think that had anything to do with them going too quick or anything. I ha- would have to watch it again. I've heard a lot of conversations about it. It sounds like it might've been more of a part failure, which kind of makes this, suspension seem a little unfair to me in their case but I guess you know you have to be consistent but there does seem to be a problem it does seem to be a little bit more difficult than everybody anticipated in lining those because it's basically five lugs to make one and lining up those holes to hit that lug that one lug nut and and get that in correctly is becoming proving to be more difficult than people thought it was and so you have the team screaming about the fact that it's hard to, to line those those pinholes up and then also NASCAR saying, well, just slow down, slow down and you'll be good. But I mean, who wants to go slower? It's racing. So um, something's probably going to have to happen. 
either the, either now or the teams are going to have to give because having the tire of the number 16 team bouncing in the corner with people going, you know, 150 miles an hour at Dover is not the safest thing in the world. So, like I said, something's going to have to give. Chase Elliott with the win last week at the Monster Mile and, you know, another great showing, of course, from uh, Trackhouse Racing and – but you know, we talked we, we talked about this, and, and we talked about how Hendrick's cars were going to figure it out. And obviously, you saw the last year's winner, Alex Bowman, Kyle Larson in sixth, and probably would have been higher if he hadn't wrecked. <laughs> um, but uh, Hendrick seems to be figuring it out now. They always do. The cream always rises to the top, right? I mean. For all the talk mm-hmm. about parity, and there has been a lot more parity in the sport, the smartest guys, the best guys still work at these organizations. Hendrick Motorsports, uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, although they're struggling a little bit to figure it out, they'll figure it out too. I mean, they're the best organizations they, for a reason. They have the best people, and they're going to always find an edge. Even within the slightest millimeters of rules that they have to work with, they're going to find that edge. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, obviously the Hendricks team is ha- has always been kind of the class of NASCAR and for for decades now, and that's kind of uh, I mean you always expect that they're going to figure it out and find their way, but teams like Trackhouse, you know, with Ross Chastain, another top five finish, it, it just it does seem like you know, maybe there are going to be some uh, outside entities making a, a, a claim on uh, toward the end of the year as, as the playoffs are concerned. For sure. I mean, this card definitely represents an opportunity for teams because there is more of a parity. Um, that are willing to put in the time, the money, and the investment that a Hendrick does to get up there and compete, and really not as much money as they would have had to in the past because these organizations aren't as big, they don't have as many people. But I think people forget about Trackhouse Racing. They're basically Chip Ganassi Racing, right? They bought mm-hmm. all their stuff. They basically hired all of their people. So they have a jump on some of these organizations like 2311 or Fire Motorsports or – uh, college racing, just because of the fact that they had a lot of these parts and pieces already in place and specifically people. What's been impressive is the way that, that Justin uh, Mark and, and Ty Norris and Pitbull have been able to elevate Chip Nancy Racing from a mid-level team to knocking on the door of being a top-tier team. That's what's been really impressive about what they've been able to do there. They seem to be taking that organization to the next level. Speaking of that particular team, they are, well, and and of course with Ty Norris being involved, bringing out the 98 Earnhardt Japan schemes to Darlington this weekend should be interesting. uh, Do what? Uh, Those things are so, I said, aren't those things sweet? Oh, absolutely. I love these. These two paint schemes are just phenomenal with the big polar bear on the, <laughs> on the hood of the number one car. It's it's going to be uh, 
uh it's gonna be cool to watch to watch that kind of go around the track so i'm i'm and then of course obviously the 99 of suarez who has been just phenomenal all year long as well so i i'm excited for i'm excited for darlington because they were that has always traditionally just kind of been um it's one of those mid-range tracks that that typically provides really good racing and it's not a an exact oval you know it has that kind of narrower banking at the, at the one end so what 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 to expect this weekend with the new cars at, at darlington i mean the unexpected two things i love about darlington first of all it's hard right it's a it's a hardcore hard racing track very physical for the drivers very hard to keep the car off the wall you know the saying the darlington stripe everybody uh, comes out of it but then also you mentioned the paint schemes for track house racing the throwback paint scheme. i absolutely love this the spring race specifically because that is where now where they run the, the throwback paint scheme and it's just mm-hmm. cool to see what people come up with and um, i saw somebody else post this on facebook and i wish i had thought of it first because it sums it up perfectly it said track house racing understood the assignment like their throwback <laughs> schemes are perfect they're absolutely perfect i mean there's going to be some great paint schemes this weekend and i haven't seen them all yet but it's going to be hard to top those two for me uh in the field you know i always like it when they find the random paint schemes from from popular drivers i think austin cindrick is is running a uh a rusty wallace kodak paint scheme and it's like Oh, crap, I forgot that Kodak was the Rusty Wallace sponsor. Like, I just don't associate that with him. You know, I associate Kurt Kodak with Ernie Irvin or something, but it's just, it, it is awesome to yeah. watch. Or, it's a history absolutely. lesson. Absolutely. It's like a little history lesson. It really is. And I think that's awesome, especially for in this stage of the sport where you have a lot of new fans coming in and they see these old school paint schemes and go, huh, let me go check that old car out. And then they see, you know, that they see something like, or see a race from, from the old days where they go, man, that, that was really sad that I'm a NASCAR fan. Or it kind of allows you to get ingrained with some history. Yeah. For sure. The, the car I want to see now is I want to see the throwback L.W. Wright car. Have you heard this story? L.W. Wright? You know it's what? I was going to ask you about this because an NASCAR con man, <laughs> L.W. Wright, what, what, what's going on there? Uh, he appears to have been found. Uh, two gentlemen that run a podcast that um, used to be involved in the old racing magazine for all the, the old hats out there, NASCAR scene. Um, these two guys, they have a podcast now. And they found the guy who claims he's L.W. Wright. Um, the podcast is fascinating. And for a little background for people that don't know, L.W. Wright is a guy. He it was from apparently Middle Tennessee, uh, bought a car from Sterling and Cuckoo Marlin, got into the race at Talladega, got black flagged after about 20 laps because he was running too slow and then apparently disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, 
But what's interesting about this podcast is that he pretty much rebuts everything that's ever been said about him legend-wise as far as owing money to people, um, which I think is fascinating because most of the people that he allegedly owes money to aren't around anymore. <laughs> Stay safe, Sterling. Um, so I don't know that anyone can rebut his point you know, rebut his claim that he doesn't owe anyone any money, but it's it's fascinating to listen to the man. Um, I think it's called, oh gosh, the name of the podcast. If you just Google L.W. Wright, it'll come up. Um, it, it, it's like Scene, NASCAR Scene podcast or something like that, because they're, they're guys that used to work for that for that publication. Uh, the Scene Vault, that's what it's called. And it's it's amazing. It's an amazing story. Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be uh, anyone should should go check that out. The The entire 1982 Winston 500 is on YouTube, by the way. So if you want to watch him actually run in the race, you can. So it, there's, there's well, that. And the, um, yeah, and the, that race it, in and of itself is crazy because that's the first race that anyone broke the 200-mile mark in qualifying. Benny Parsons did mm-hmm. that for the first time in that race. And that's not even the biggest story for the weekend. So, I mean, it's amazing. It it really is. And this is the 40th anniversary. So good for the Scene Vault podcast going to look for him and finding him. Well done. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Heather Williams of WCYB TV each Wednesday talking NASCAR. Heather, we appreciate your time as always and look forward to talking to you next week. And, uh, you got to tell us who's going to win at the Darlington Too Tough to Tame, they call it. Who's got Who's got the upper, yeah, upper hand? The, the lady in black is fickle with her dance partners. Uh, it's a really tough track. I could see a guy like Kevin Harvick coming out on top just because this is obviously a track that, that's better on old veterans and Kevin needs a win, but that team's not running particularly well nor are the Gibbs teams which those would probably be my normal favorites in a track like that um so I think I'm going to stick with the Hendrick Motorsports camp and go with Kyle Larson Kyle Larson well he certainly got the stamina to take care of it and uh he's he's strong great driver so should be fun to watch this weekend uh Heather we appreciate as always we will talk to you next week here on Main Street Sports yeah. today. Yeah, and get Bo off the beach or wherever he is right now. Get him back. He's on a boat. <laughs> on a boat <laughs> hanging out <laughs> and we are and and we are not happy about him. I'm, I'm, <laughs> jealousy <laughs> reigns supreme here at Main Street Sports today. I promise you that. Well, it extends all the way up to Upper East Tennessee as well. I'm jealous. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. The Goodyear 400, 230 this Sunday on FS1. So check it out. We'll be back and we'll talk some Tennessee football. And there's some other, uh, JP, some, some other transfers that have made their choices known today. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, comes back after this. Thank you.